Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights Podcast. Our 10th Disney cruise took us to the waters off Alaska, where we spent seven nights on board the Disney Wonder. Our last podcast told you about the experience on board the ship and how we pulled it all together to make it happen. Sailing mostly in the waters of the Bahamas and the Caribbean on other cruises, well, that's usually more about the experience of being on board the ship and, and really less about different excursions. But Alaska is so much more. Our excursions were for the most part amazing and became very much the centerpiece of our experience. We're going to take you through those ports of call to include Sawyer Glacier, Icy Point with a, an outstanding whale watching event, Juno along with Mendenhall Glacier and Ketchikan. For us, each of these were unique in and of themselves and made the entire experience one to remember. Join us for part two of our Disney cruise to Alaska. Also, be sure to join us at DisneyInsights.com where we have lots of visuals and, oh my goodness, some really great video we pulled together. If you haven't seen my whale watching video, check it out there or go to our YouTube channel. By the way, at DisneyInsights.com, you'll see a link to Performance Journeys, the sponsor of this podcast. If your group, your organization, if they need a keynote speaker, someone to come in and do a workshop around customer service or leadership development or working with a disengaged workforce, well, that's what we do. We bring in best in Disney Insights and also other world-class ideas. And we have the experience of really actually helping organizations actually take their teams to another level. Real experience, you definitely want to check it out. It's at performancejourneys.com. My apologies that this uh, uh, podcast has taken a little while to get out. We had some technical difficulties, but without further ado, let's get going. All right, I'm back here uh, with my wife, Kathy, uh, back on uh, by popular demand. She, uh, uh, lots of folks. We're glad to hear her voice finally. And, I, and I'm also sitting here with a Cherry L81, um, which was sent to us, to us by our good friends, the Martins, who I got to tell you, I think Jared is the actual um, unofficial ambassador of this drink. There's a soda that comes out of Kentucky and um, L8, I don't know if it's L8 or L81, but at any rate, um, the the man swears by this, uh, and it, I gotta tell you, I like the cherry a lot. The ale one, the original one, I, I'm still working on that one a little bit. But um, but uh, anyway, we are here, and we're here. We in our first part, we had a chance to talk about the whole of our trip, how we made it, how we decided on it, how we kind of booked the thing, and and our experience on board the Wonder to include include Diaper Derby Dash, which has gotten a lot of hits as a short so. You may want to go back through all that. But anyway, we are here to talk about, about excursions that we experienced on board. And let's just put it out there. We probably spent more money on the excursions for this trip that we did on our previous nine trips all combined. We It was quite an investment. Um, but we kind of also felt like 
well, you know, it's um, it's kind of a a, a, a one-time opportunity to do this. So, well, we, so we gambled when it came to the room. We we got lucky, but we saved ourselves about fifteen hundred dollars when we decided to not um, choose choose the room. To see what happens. So we figured, let's spend that money outside the room on something um, that would enrich this. And I think that was a really good gamble. No, I, I agree, and and uh, we were nervous about that, but it kind of came off. So we're gonna cover we're gonna cover uh, four different locations that we went to and a host of events that we did. The first is is what is called Glacier Day, in which the ship pulls up to a glacier. Now there are a couple of them depending on the time of year, or or what's going on, but. For yeah, our you either group, go to Dawes Glacier or you go to Sawyer Glacier. And Dawes Glacier for years was the one they advertised going to, but sometimes the Alaskan um, sea groups, and I'm using the wrong term, um, will, will determine that that's not where the Disney Winter is going that day. And they just, they have to, depending, depending on when drive, send them in down different arms. And so... The time that we went, we actually went to Sawyer Glacier instead of Dawes. And Sawyer Glacier, so they um, they tender boats that, um, and and there were several runs of these boats going um, through the day, starting like midday, in um, toward the glacier. This is kind of this is kind of um, uh, this is a gamble as to because this is the most expensive that we did and we had heard i think it was um pete on the diz who said that was the best um um excursion he had ever done out of any disney cruise so we we kind of accepted that we'd heard other positive reviews um the fact of the matter is the disney wonder did get very close to sawyer i don't think they ever got to sawyer south no they don't go there at all um so. But they did get very, because of the time of year and because there wasn't that many small icebergs, so to speak, in the water, the ship got pretty close. So you're kind of sitting there going, really, are we getting that much bang for the buck? Not, 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 don't miss it. I would say this is, this is spectacular to see and look at. Yeah, it was $299 a per person, which was definitely the higher um, costing port adventure. However, you spend the first day completely at sea, and your second day is the glacier day. So you really wouldn't even get off the boat um, until your third day at sea. So we kind of weighed that, and we'd heard so much about it, we went, we got really lucky is what happened. Because generally this, um, it's called Glacier Explorer, it's usually booked far, far in advance because it's so popular. And I just happened to be... Um, it every day as it got closer and closer and I managed to nail one for myself but not not for Jeff. And so then I was really worried and so but as it got closer and closer you know that three days out um, is a, a last you can get out of a port adventure and I think there at the end people start to make moves and golf things and so it became like there were a couple available because I remember when I per purchased his or when I added his, 
um, there were still some available. I went back and looked at it, and it was not sold out at that point. So if you yeah, frankly, you, there was room on the boat. Yeah. So if you if it's something you're wanting to do, wanting to do and haven't been able to book it, I would say stay. You know, keep looking at it right Persist. up until that day that you can cancel, and and you might and you might just find one. Yeah. Now, so so the boat's going to take you closer to Sawyer Glacier. You're going to go past some icebergs with some some sea lions on it. No seals. Sail, sail, sail. There were beautiful seals, and they they were so cute. So we were. It was explained to us that um, killer whales love seals, and and so it's really hard for the mama seals to be able to give birth and protect their young. Unless they are floating along on an iceberg. And so he explained that there is, um, it's harder to get back that far to where they are, BR, because all laying on icebergs really close to the glacier. It's hard for the um, orcas to get into that area, kelp and other things in the water. But it's also really hard for them to swallow a seal that is perched on top of an iceberg. And so it's a pretty safe place for these seals to give birth and, and nurture their young. Um, and so they were beautiful. They're, that was probably my favorite part, honestly, of getting into the boat because you could get closer to them from the, from the wonder. They were tiny little dots, but they were so cute. And they were swimming along and they'd get up on the icebergs and they were beautiful. It was fun. The boat also took us um, down kind of, and I almost want to call these like canyons, but with water filled up in them, it was. So they're called ford, fords, and and you go down these arms, is what they call it, between these two canyon, like if you were on dry, um, right up, and the and the land is very close to the boat. It's it's really a unique thing. You can see from some of the pictures online that it looks like that boat is parked right up against a mountain. Saw some wild goats on there, and 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 what you end up also seeing after that is you they kind of carry along through these fords or whatever as you f- venture back to the Disney Wonder, and there are a bunch of what seems like waterfalls, but they say there's actually only one waterfall. They're all cascades, and um, and they were beautiful, and you see some other minor glaciers in the distance, and the the. It's all breathtaking, and um, the, na- the nature. Um, it was about two and a half hours, as I recall, from that experience. Um, and it was it, it? It was slated for two and a half to three hours. Um, that you once you board the small boat, it takes you as close as they really can. The other boat that there were two boats out at one time, and the other boat that our friends were on. They had a very adventurous driver or pilot, and he just brought that uh, little boat really close up around some icebergs. We didn't go quite that close. Yeah. Um, but your I, results may vary depending on the mood of your captain, I guess, or well, or we whether were, we whether were, they choose to ask forgiveness instead of permission. It's hard to tell. Um, what you're hoping to be able to see is the glacier calving, which which is when pieces of ice break off from it and land in the water. If it's a large enough piece, it will make a thunderous sound. We saw a small one um, that occurred while we were there, but not quite the noise that has been described. Um, but the ice is beautiful. South Glacier had a lot more debris, a lot more dark color, and it was explained that it doesn't 
um, back right up into the water. There was land that kind of held it back. So you didn't get um, as much of the iceberg because it, it was melting basically before it fell, fell into I hope I'm explaining this right and probably some scientists would say I'm way off. But <laughs> but it, it um, so it was, it was, it looked different from that other side. It was the same glacier, but it kind of straddled uh, a piece of the land. And, and so you go around and up another forward to, to get to it. So um, that was our first excursion. The next day we ended up at Icy Point. And I have to tell you, Kath did most of the research on these excursions. I really didn't put a lot of focus on what this look, was gonna look like. I had seen a map of Icy Point and it looked like, what are we gonna do? You know, it didn't look like there was more than 20 minutes worth of activity there. As it turned out for me, me, I really love this little spot. It reminded me a lot of Monterey, California. Monterey, Monterey is, uh, was home to Cannery Row for canning sardines. This is, has sort of a Cannery Row for uh, canning salmon. And, and it has a lot of that same kind of look and feel that Cannery Row has, has in Monterey. It has been burned down and rebuilt and it's got its own history to go with it. And a lot of the cannery has been turned into museums and shops and um, points of interest to kind of see. I quite liked it. Also some dining areas for a lot of people who wanted something different, thing different than offered on the cruise ship. Um, a big part of Icy Point is, are the gondolas and Kathy, you let out on that. So I took off first thing in the morning, which was a really smart idea. Um, I mean, I suppose if you didn't want to be eaten by a bear, maybe it wasn't such a great idea because I found the numbers to be far less at time. Um, but I jumped on the gondola. There's two, one that takes you between the two ports. There was another ship that was ported on the slightly uh, different side of, of this island. And so we, you take one glacier over and that's the free glacier that takes you between two areas that have little gift shops. And then... And that one is free, but then with the cost of any ported ported venture, also got free gondola access, and so that gave us free gondola access to the top of the mountain. This this would be going on um, a ski lift. Well, it's actually more like the it's like the Skyliner, Skyliner, the same uh, manufacturer who did the Skyliner. And so you're if you're familiar with that. You're going to feel very com comfortable in cabins if you enjoy that. The difference is Skyliner never goes more than about um, about 50, 60 feet above, uh, above, and this one goes much, much higher. So it's early in the morning and the clouds were very hunkered down. So it, so as up the mountain, thankfully the clouds covered it and I couldn't see how <laughs> how far down it was it was beautiful and so i got to the top and there was maybe 20 30 people kind of milling around around but as you get off the first thing you see are all these signs that say stay together don't venture out bears in the area um which is a little discomforting um there was a tram that took people kind of around to various lookouts of course all you could see were clouds uh, at the time that I was there, there was also a place you could line up to take a free walk 
um, or a little hike around over to a small lake. Um, but you had to wait at this roped off area till 10 people um, gathered because they wanted you in bigger groups because of the bears. And I, I someone, they, they told me that they also waited for someone who worked there to escort you because they were, they actually had a gun. Um, just in case, in case there were any problems. And so you got this the little sense of adventure and uh, off the bear issue um, when you were up there. You also could go from that spot. They walked you over to a writer. zip writer that went yeah. from the top of the mountain. It claims to be We're, the, it is largest. the largest zip writer. We had a awesome, I had an awesome time up there. I didn't stay a super long time. The weather was really still very nice. I mean, we would wrap up, but we were still looking at, you know, high We did 50s, some walking trails 60s. and so forth. Yeah. But, but the highlight of the day, as good as Icy Point was, the highlight was the whale excursion. And if you haven't seen the video yet, you definitely check out DisneyInsights.com. Um, We've reposted or go to my YouTube channel, Disney Insights, um, because it is... What we experienced was absolutely amazing. I think when, you know, you can catch well experiences in many different places throughout the world. Um, and you, it, it's just the luck of the draw, whether or not you find something. They all advertise um, that if they don't see a well, you get your money back. So you're pretty encouraged that they're going to show you a well. But we did talk, we have talked to people who said they, they saw a, a tail fluke. You know, they didn't see much. For us, it was our lucky day. Our um, sh ship guides told us that they had heard about some well netting, netting going on um, about 30 minutes from where we got well, on bubbling. our boat. Netting. And oh. so off went um, for about 30 minutes in this boat going as fast as they could go over to this area where we found... Um, three or four other boats seemingly from the same group um, that were all kind of in an area. And as you came up, it wasn't long before you saw the heads of these um, wells um, coming up all at one time. And our guides were as excited as we were. All humpback whales. Yes. Um, they were like, oh boy, you're in for a really, really great day today. And they were spectacular it it went on we we didn't have we had we had to watch time but we went on it went on for at least an hour that we were allowed to stay there and they would so, come up and yeah so what happens in this bubble netting thing is these humpbacks which are not um they don't usually go around together in a pod like like orcas but they do come together for this and in this case, our captain said that in total, there were about 17 whales. So you imagine 17 humpback whales. And, and, and they're creating this bubble effect, I guess, that, that kind of confuses the fish and allows, allows them to grab them as food. But what they'll do is they'll go under the surface for several minutes at a time, and then all of a sudden they emerge. And, what, and what's amazing is that they emerge all at the very same moment, head first, out of the water, and to see 15, 17 whales come up at the same time, making their sounds. I mean, we, we got, and they got close enough to our boat that it was like whale snot on us. And it, it was, it was just, 
just amazing to see the choreography and the work the teamwork of these whales coming up to the surface and doing what they were doing. And then they'd kind of move to the next place, go underwater, come back up. And this had just happened again, again, and again, again. And of course, I'm the one who's always anxious about something. So I turned to the guide and I'm like, I'm like, they do know that we're here, right? They're, they're not going to come up and tip us over. But at one point, they literally came within five feet of the, of the boat with pictures of that. And it was so close you could have touched them. And yes, we did get sprayed a bit. With <laughs> um, It was interesting. It's just amazing. There was experience. a mother and a baby. And the baby was breaching, which is that jumping out of the water and kind of landing on, 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 your, on the body of your uh, on, on the side. On the side. Yeah. Um, that was very cool. And then on our way, oh, and then we had these what seemed like baby killer whales coming underneath underneath our boat going back and forth and they ended up being dolls porpoises you see this in the video um they're very small um or obviously the enemy to humpback so you're not they're not going to be in the same area but these dolls porpoises were just swimming swimming back and forth and um and doing their thing and then on our way back we we ended up seeing a few other things so there was a little island very tiny island on the way and Along the island, you saw a lot of, of animal life. There was a sea otters, and sea otters are very shy, so you couldn't get very good pictures, but the little mama sea otters would kind of tip back on their backs, and the babies would float along on their tummies. So you could see them from a distance. Um, there were are a couple bald eagles up in a tree, kind of overlooking everything. Um, we also saw... Come, oh, puffins. Yes. So we saw some puffins. Yeah, so. there were puffins in the water. And, and yeah, it, it, it was the most unique, amazing experience. Probably one of my more favorite moments was when Jeff pointed to a beautiful mountain range across that you could barely see. It looked like it, looked like it was a teen. And it was so beautiful. It was way off in the distance. And Jeff was like, what is that? That that mountain and the lady said wow you really are having an amazing day we call that the mountain range never seen because generally it's covered by clouds and you you we just we can't see it from where we're at but it i don't know the real name of it but that's what they called it the mountain range never seen so we it, saw it. it was it was truly our very best day and just i i don't know that we could ever replicate it again it was so impressive the next day we end up in Juno and and I got to tell you that Juno has a, has a lot for it. But the downside was the first thing we did was actually try to call out now that we were in Alaska, Alaska and a point we could call out and make phone calls and check in our family and and we got some pieces of bad news and and crazy stuff going on back back home so it set the tone. So my best advice for Juno is don't pick up the phone. <laughs> we got a, we got, but, but we had a, a set of three different experiences. The first was, I hope I pronounced it right, the Macaulay Salmon Hatchery, which is where we went. And I had been to a fish hatchery before, so I was really, I was kind of excited and intrigued to do this. Um, that said and done, this was the most unimpressive thing we did in our entire entire trip it wasn't necessarily because it was unimpressive it was really more about timing 
Yes. If we had come probably a week later, maybe a week and a half later, I think I said earlier that the, on the previous podcast, the salmon would have been spawning probably a week later. July is when you're going to start seeing the salmon spawning, which would have been really fun to watch them. Yeah, they have um, a fish ladder where they're jumping back up into, uh, you know, up this little set of pools. It's very cool, but we didn't get to see it. Which is which is remnant, which is just reflective of our entire trip. I mean, we ended up having this amazing experience the day before. The next day, we, we never really really did salmon in the water much, no. nor did we see bears. But we understood that it toward the latter part of you know the cruise season, you do end up seeing a lot more of that. So it, it's just a give and take. We saw millions of little teeny salmon and. They do give you a little guided tour and explain, you know, how that works and why these salmon come back here every year. I learned a lot that I didn't know. So I thought it was really fun. It would be fantastic for your littles, for your kids. If you got children, go to this hatchery. They have a place where the kids can do hands-on of different sort of sea creatures hold hold touch uh a, a touch touching pool for There's, little ones it's there good. there was a lot to do there so don't don't think not to go to go it and would this be fun. day was actually uh, it was a bundled event so what we had was the hatchery followed by the glacier glacier followed by salmon bake so it was and it was 130 i think is what we paid for it some somewhere in that price range and um I don't regret the day, but I but there were just hit and misses on it. We went to Mendenhall Glacier next, um, which includes a visitor center. Um, we had, I think, about an hour and a half or close closing in on a little an hour and a half. I would say don't listen to your bus driver. <laughs> that was kind of the mistake we made. Our bus driver said the best thing you need to do is watch the video in in the visitor center. So we dutifully went and watched the video in the visitor center, which took a little bit of time waiting for it to start. Start, But that kind of cost us about 20, 25 minutes. What we really should have done is hit the path because there was a walkway that took you over to a, to a beautiful waterfall that sat next to the glacier. And um, it, it looked like that would have been the right thing to do because by the time we got back out there, it, it felt we're anxious. Are we going to get back in time? And... So I would do that when you go to Mendal. However, if funds, if money is not a concern for you, I would do the helicopters here. We had folks that we met there that took a heli helicopter ride and it landed them on next to or on the glacier itself. Then they put on boots that had, had spikes of some sort that allowed them to walk up across the face of the glacier. And, and um, they told us that the, the view were spectacular this this woman was glowing it was like us after the whale watching she was just like it was amazing my kids wa walked on a glacier so if there you're was not also afraid a canoeing group yeah. that what was kind of going by the glacier so there's some options that you could check out and honestly if you're going to spend the money on that and you're going to spend the money on or even do the canoeing and spend more time at mendenhall i think you could for for you're gone the Sawyer Glacier, especially if it was later in the season and the and the Disney Wonder was able to get close, close to it in with. I think... But you're not going to know till the moment but of. But yeah, it, it is. Um, it is just I, a guess. And, and we've heard folks that didn't, that didn't get very close to that 
to Dawes or to Sawyer at all because of icebergs. So it's, Alaska is not a planned event. It's wild and it is what you get. You, you just get Yeah, what we you get. are a little bit more, kind of what do we want to do when we get to Port Sakal in, in, in the Caribbean and, and the Bahamas. Here you really do have to do a lot more planning. And, and I can tell you, we spent a lot of time, a lot of time in with David and Leah as they're being our travel agents to really kind of map out what they had done in a, pre, in a previous Alaskan tour and, and just kind of figure out what we wanted to do there. So, so you have to really do a little planning and, and that's why I, why I think somebody like David is, is so helpful in that regard. The third thing was the salmon bake, which was kind of sweet. It, 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 you go back into Juneau and this place was like, you're going up by these healthcare clinics and, and, and it was not an impressive place. And then you suddenly come behind it and this is like this little treasure of a space. It was really a, a sweet little space to just grab lunch and, and, um, and a big salmon bake and buffet. Yeah, yeah, it was yummy food. The ambiance was just really fun. It was all kind of a canopied area, yeah, um, around very green, lush area um, in the temperate rainforest. There was a, a cute little real river that went down the one side. You could take a walk up to a waterfall. Um, they had gold panning. You could, uh, we took a lot of pictures, some of the original uh, workings of, uh, that were used in the day were left there as displays. You could roast a marshmallow. Um, it, it just was a sweet, sweet it, place, it, and the food was yummy. Yeah. the The only downside is while we've been in motor coaches up to this point, what was taking you back to the ship ended up being a yellow school bus. And I'm really a traditional. I'm surprised we didn't get the wheel hub. You're, <laughs> <laughs> the wheel well thing it, it was so tight tight and it was no air conditioning it was so uncomfortable it felt like a little bit of a switch bait and switch kind of experience we also i think if i if we'd had a little more time or a little more energy i would have liked to have seen some of the shops and everything in down down in the middle of juno we we didn't take advantage of that we were kind of ready to go back to our our ship at that point and we thought we'd have that kind of experience in Ketchikan the, uh, the next day. And, and to a large degree, we did. If you want that kind of touristy, and I gotta say every one of these locations just was kind of very different in their own right. And Ketchikan was one of those places that was, that was very unique, the salmon capital of the world, <laughs> Ketchikan. Um, so Ketchikan, we, we took off together in the morning and just did a little tourist shopping for things to bring back to the family. I think there is anything because we live in the tourist capital of the world. Um, we have lots of little touristy shops. Yeah. Um, and, and we actually, we actually did enjoy just going in and out of some of the stores that were there. The funny thing was, is both of us got a real yen for wanting ice cream. And we really struggled to find an ice cream parlor. Although at the end of the day, there was a place right in front, dead front of the ship um, that uh, we could have gotten ice cream at. I have to say, after doing that for about an hour and a half, when we ran into our friends of Martin's, I, I kind of just kind of had 
I had had it, and yet I could tell Kath wanted more, and I felt like the best thing I could do was let her go do her thing, because otherwise I'd be sitting on the clock uh, waiting for her to finish. So, so really, Kath, you went off and did some, uh, took some places, and uh, tell us about that. So you want to make sure that you don't stop in the very first streets of this town, that you venture further um, some slight, all Alaskan towns are built at the foot of mountains. And so you're walking uphill a little bit to get to them. There is a, a free bus that you can take right there in front of your boat. Um, so ask around, there's a tourist, uh, information and I asked there. So there is a boat that ran, or I mean, sorry, a bus that ran every 20 minutes and it would take you to some of these major sites. So that's the one that I went on. There's also a charged on trolley. The trolley that you could take that took people on to some other places but i just took the free the the free bus and it took me first up to the totem heritage the totem heritage center center and this really cool it had original ancient totems that were on display there um and best i ever talked about is watching the video in mendenhall i was a little little suspicious of videos but i watched a little video in the back of the totem center center uh, about the clinket um native alaskans that live there and it was so informative and i retold and retold stories that i saw in that video i'll i'll leave it to you to to watch that but find it and watch the video about how the clinkets were able to bring back their heritage their customs after you know having it nearly lost um due to the income european settlers that you know wanted to civilize this people and so now, it's is really that the cool. same place as the totem park park no there's also a totem park that takes you, you you take the trolley to get to it um and it takes you get to actually see um the totems being crafted and our friends went to, to that location. The Martins went there. So we were kind of comparing our experiences. I went to two different museum places that talked about these things, as well as uh, the second museum talked about mining there and all of the early early history of Ketchikan. Um, so those were the two places I went. Then I also took a walk from there to the red light district. And this was a set of, set of things that dated back to 1800s and it was built along the water. It was very picturesque, I think pictures in online that show of it. And it it had a very murky story about these miners minor, and, and the red light district and how um, their beginning life was there was miners arrived and began to work the area. There's a rainforest uh, sanctuary. There's a Saxman native village. Uh, there are several lumberjack shows. There is no end of things to do. And in fact, that was the day where we didn't depart until like seven. But we didn't get off the, the ship evening. till like eleven. But we did. Yeah, it was eleven. It was eleven, and we got. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's definitely no end of things you can be doing while you are there, and it's it, it's quite enjoyable. Um, so we really, those four different sets of excursions and experience really were the crowning moments of our experience in Alaska. I think this is probably the first time that 
I didn't take advantage of the adult crafting class on the boat or <laughs> go to all of the movies. Or Oh, we she just... still went to that Jack-Jack diaper dash Oh, that's thing, the best thing. So. But but there, it just, there was so much to do off the boat that it really was a focus on how much can we see when we're out there. And that's probably obvious. You're in Alaska. Alaska, up to see the great outdoors. Um, but I, we loved, last year we went to Europe and we had a fantastic time in London and um, in Paris. This was equally amazing as far as, as I'm concerned. Couldn't tell you which one was more uh, impressive. Yes. <laughs> I loved Alaska. I would go back in a heartbeat. Um, it was, it was, it was wonderful. And, and I got to tell you, it was amazing. I don't know that I would go back in a heartbeat because I think it was really hard. It would be impossible to replicate all the amazing things that seemed to fall in order for us. But you know what? We never saw bears and we never saw uh, salmon, you know, jumping up the ladder. I mean, there may have been other things that once we get there, you know, you really, you will want, there's two pieces of advice I have for you. One is start planning now for next year. If this is something you want to do, start planning a year ahead. Second is... However, if you didn't plan ahead... And you're only a couple months out, it might still work out for you. I mean, we really managed to pull it together in the last moment. Well, I'm bit not and... saying you can't go at the last moment. I'm just saying if, if these individual excursions really matter to you, you want to think through, okay, do we want to go when the glacier is at its close, you know, get closest to the glacier, when we can go um, fly to the top of the glacier glacier when we see bears there's just a lot of factors you want to consider and start studying for because that's really that's really really the remember when we thought about going to alaska we just figured that we were too late and it it wasn't going to work and it worked so oh passport passport is a huge thing too you got to have that in gear so um so kath where are we going next summer Hmm. well it's a big anniversary for us, so we'll see what happens. Mm. Hmm. More to come. More to come. <laughs> well, thanks, Kath. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, we are heading uh, to other locations soon, so maybe you'll join us, join us for a dialogue on that as well. Thank you so much. That concludes our podcast. Can I again invite you to come back to DisneyInsights.com in addition to the videos and images that we talk about uh, throughout this podcast, you also see that there's some links uh, to uh, what's going on with Jim Corcus right now, a widely respected Disney historian who's been on my podcast many times, as well as many others. He is really dealing with a lot of major medical issues. And uh, we've provided three ways you could support uh, Jim during this very difficult time. It's been great. There's been, wow, I think easily 35,000 um, already raised for Jim at this point. Uh, go to the GoFundMe account and you can make a direct contribution to Jim. Or if you join our Patreon group, the Wayfinders Society, doesn't matter what level you join, all contributions in 2023 are going to support Jim. And then, um, if you can, be among the first 100 people to do the following. Either um, subscribe to DisneyInsights.com, subscribe to our YouTube 
uh, channel, Disney Insights, and join our Disney Insights Facebook page. And let me tell you, you do those three things. I'll make a $3 contribution for each person who does that. Several have. Thank you for doing so. And it all goes to really helping out Jim at this very difficult time in his life. So check that out. Again, wherever you are, whatever you do, always remember, follow the compass of your heart. Thank you for being part of this and joining us. We'll see you real soon.